91.3 KBCS, Music and Ideas, listener-supported radio from Bellevue College. Smooth like butter, like a criminal undercover. Don't pop like trouble, breaking into your heart like that. BTS is a K-pop band of seven men from South Korea. Short for Bantan Sonyeondang, BTS was a solid star in their homeland and throughout Asia by 2016 and came on the scene in the U.S. and global markets in 2017. Since 2020, the group swept American awards shows with their songs Dynamite, Butter, and Permission to Dance. The group has well over 45.3 million followers on Twitter. There are over 14.9 million paid members on Weverse, their umbrella company's official app. They have millions of fans who are referred to as ARMY. They've handily sold out their performances for years, but took their game to another level when they offered online concerts during the pandemic. To give you a sense of scale, their June 2021 online concert had well over 1.3 million paid viewers. So it's no surprise that Big Hit, the company that founded this band, transformed into Hybe, a parent company operating a record label, talent agency, music production and event management, and owner of intellectual property for platforms idols use to interact with fans via video logs and social media and also technology for synchronized lightworks of light sticks that fans use at concerts, plus much more. To boot, Hybe has taken over Ithaca Holdings, an entertainment group that manages Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande, among other artists. American pop giants are now co-workers with the K-pop sensation BTS, and Hybe has offices in South Korea, the U.S., and Japan. I got into the BTS story by way of news headlines. Last September, the Associated Press reported China's President Xi Jinping tightening Communist Party control of business, education, culture, and religion. Among other actions, the party declared broadcasters must, quote, put an end to sissy men and other abnormal aesthetics, unquote. The National Radio and TV Administration used an insulting slang term for effeminate men in the announcement. Then they temporarily blocked BTS fans and 21 other K-pop fan accounts from posting on Weibo, a prominent social media platform in China. Also in September, ARMY in Pakistan raised a billboard for Jungkook's birthday. He's one of the BTS members. The image was Jungkook in a suit with hands clasped. According to Vice World News, the billboard was removed hours later by a provincial assembly candidate with a quote that BTS promotes homosexuality. In an age of easy access to so many different cultures on the Internet, I wondered why this pop band was such a threat to these governments. Here's Allison Walters, an army from Boise, Idaho, who described the power of BTS. She uses a term, Hallyu. It means Korean wave, and it refers to the wave of pop culture exported from South Korea in the form of K-pop music and Korean dramas and film. It has a lot to do with what they call the soft power, the Hallyu wave. And soft power can be more influential and more subversive than a direct attack. And so these governments are reacting to that soft power of 
BTS of a, a pop band, you know, they can rant and rave against the immoral uh, behavior of a Western artist who shows up on his pop or rap video bare chested, right? And with the half naked ladies dancing in the background. But the South Korean K-pop culture, if we see an exposed shoulder, our Victorian hearts flutter. So you've got this rather strict visual morality with the exception of colored hair and makeup, which seems really benign to a person just watching the performance. And so I think they're far more willing to accept BTS into their home, into their list of things they're listening to, which then would expand their horizons into this message, love yourself, speak yourself. Well, heaven forbid that most likely a female fan is going to get a message of empowerment from these young men, heaven forbid. So I think that's what those governments are reacting to. They're, they're probably right in that it is a very powerful message and delivered in a non-threatening way. The Love Myself campaign Walters refers to started in 2017 and continues more than four years later. BTS partnered with the Korean Committee for UNICEF to fund programs to prevent violence against children and teens and to provide support for victims. Here's an excerpt of the group's leader and most fluent English speaker of BTS, RM, speaking at a United Nations UNICEF event. BTS has become artists performing in those huge stadiums and selling millions of albums right now, but I am still an ordinary 24-year-old guy. If there's anything that I've achieved, it was only possible that I have my other BTS members right by my side, and because of the love and the support that our army fans all over the world made for us. And maybe I made a mistake yesterday, but yesterday's me is still me. Today, I am who I am with all of my faults and my mistakes. Tomorrow, I might be a tiny bit wiser, and that'd be me too. These faults and mistakes are what I am, making up the brightest stars in the constellation of my life. I have come to love myself for who I am, for who I was, and for who I hope to become. After releasing our Love Yourself albums and launching the Love Myself campaign, we started to hear remarkable stories from our fans all over the world, how our message helped them overcome their hardships in life and start loving themselves. Those stories constantly remind us of our responsibility. I'd like to ask all of you, what is your name? What excites you and makes your heart beat? Tell me your story. I want to hear your voice. I want to, want to hear your conviction. No matter who you are, where you're from, your skin color, your gender identity, just speak yourself. Find your name and find your voice by speaking yourself. I'm Kim Nam Jun, 
and also RM or BTS. I'm an idol and I'm an artist from a small town in Korea. Like most people, I've made many and plenty mistakes in my life. I have many faults and I have many more fears, but I'm gonna embrace myself as hard as I can. And I'm starting to love myself gradually, just little by little. What is your name? Speak yourself. Thank you very much. So who is BTS? What's their story? Dr. Grace Cow, Yale University Chair and IBM Professor of Sociology and Faculty Director of Education Studies, has been studying BTS and K-pop and introduces the beginnings of this group. BTS debuted in 2013. They come from a very formerly a small company. And all K-pop groups are formed by these entertainment companies. And so when they came out in 2013, they came out of a company called Big Hit. And these seven young men were very young at the time. And in a way, they were disadvantaged in lots of ways. They, they weren't backed by one of the big three. And none of them were from Seoul. So that means some of them had accents and Maybe not quite as seen as country bumpkins, but the idea is that there's a big division between people that are from Seoul and people who are not. And they started out as a hip hop group. So they actually suffered quite a bit in terms of people that were hip hop artists, thought that they weren't really real rappers because they were idols and they wore makeup and, and, and all this stuff. The group is a little bit different from other idol groups. It was built around a person, which I think is not typical. So RM is the leader and you'll see him in interviews. He's the one that's doing most of the talking because he has the you know best English skills. His Korean name is Kim Namjoon. And then they added Suga, whose um, Korean name is Min Yoongi. And then they added J-Hope or Jung Hosok. So those three were the rappers and that's where they started. And then their manager, Bang Si-hyuk, decided that they should become more of an idol group. And so he recruited people that were vocalists and also people that he says looked more like the traditional idols. So that means handsome in terms of the Korean idol standard. The vocal group Dr. Kao refers to is Jungkook, Jimin, Jin, and V. K-pop groups generally have a rap and vocal element to them. They also incorporate a lot of elaborate dance choreography. Dr. Kao lists the type of roles members play in the groups. Every group has a leader. Everyone knows if you follow a certain group that there's, you know, the youngest, there's someone that's the visual, which means the, the person that's supposed to be the most handsome or the best looking. There's the center. The center is someone who sort of represents the group. So Jungkook is definitely the center. If you notice, he has more lines in the songs um, and so forth. And if you see when they take group pictures, he's usually in the middle, he's literal center. And for some groups, the visual is the same as the center, you know, then there's the main rapper, the main vocalist, so people do have titles. Because K-pop groups are developed by companies that manage their image, most bands are strictly controlled in what they can say publicly and how they present themselves. Their contracts prohibit them from getting into romantic relationships. They aren't allowed to use foul language in Korean. They're generally modestly dressed, and they aren't supposed to be seen drunk or acting in a way that doesn't represent the company well. 
Oh, and here's another important tidbit by Dr. Cao when talking about BTS. The other terms that K-pop fans like to use is a term called bias. So if there's, you know, seven members in the group, if you have a favorite member, that's your bias. The member that makes you doubt your bias or, you know, like your second favorite member is called the bias wrecker. (laughs) And, you know, if uh, let's say for BTS, if you like all seven members equally, you say OT7, one true seven. That means you like everyone. You don't play favorites. But at least with BTS ARMY, the, the norm is that you don't say anything bad about even the members who aren't your favorite. You're supposed to support all the members. Now that we have the bones of BTS, who the members are and what they do, Dr. Cao describes what makes their work different from other K-pop groups. First of all, we have to understand no K-pop group has ever gotten this far, period. And most K-pop groups don't last that long, right? So they debut and they can disband in a month, in six months, in a year. The majority of them are gone in a few years. They don't last that long. So it's remarkable that they've been around for eight years. That's actually a very long time for a K-pop group. It's the seven original members, which is almost completely unheard of, actually. So they haven't lost anyone. They haven't replaced anyone. All that is very special. I don't think anyone would have expected them to make it to the U.S. in any way, actually. So just the, the success they've had, I'm not sure anyone could have really anticipated it at all. If I were to think about their counterparts from around the time they debuted, I don't know if many people would have bet money on them in particular because they weren't backed by a a really wealthy company and they were doing things a little differently. Um, Of course, looking back, you could say, well, maybe that's why they made it because they were so unique. What is it about BTS's work that makes it so relatable to their audience? Most of their millions of fans don't speak Korean, the language that the majority of their work is in. Dr. Cao describes their work. They talk about being true to themselves, right? This idea of speak yourself, love yourself, accepting all the imperfections that we all have. They all speak openly about being depressed, about doubting whether or not they deserve all the success. I think there was a V Live or maybe it was a YouTube Live last year where RM, the leader, who always seems like he has everything together, he went on for 20 minutes about whether he deserved all this and whether the success of the group, like, is this what he went into music for, you know, just doing all this promotional stuff or, you know, is he losing touch with music? I mean, just these very human thoughts that, maybe everyone has, but to say it publicly and also in an industry where things are not said publicly, that again, it's just a presentation of these perfect people. They're beautiful, they're all super thin, they all dance perfectly and and so forth. That this image of perfection in the midst of it, that each of them express doubt and vulnerability. They do it all the time. They do it in every interview. I think that was different from the very, very beginning. I feel like their manager, Bang Si-hil, really takes a lot of credit for this because their early albums, and even now, the albums, they come in sets. There are stories behind the albums. There are lots of inspiration. So for people that are listening to BTS for the first time, for example, the song Blood, Sweat, and Tears. (laughs) 
is about the idea of temptation, and it comes from Herman Hess' novel about youth. The song Spring Day references a Margaret Atwood short story. Spring Day also references a tragic accident in 2014 in South Korea when a ferry ship sank and 250 of the fatalities were high school students. The chorus of the song repeats the phrase, I miss you. It is about missing your friends and, and it's the longing for your friends. It's a platonic love. There's just a lot of deeper references and it's not just about you know, falling in love or trying to have sex with, with someone. You know, the things that many pop songs are about. I think the content of the music is, is actually pretty astonishing. Dr. Cow goes into the breadth of formats BTS's work is produced in. The album Wings actually has these short films that accompany it, and they're remarkable. I mean, there's just like these little short modern art kind of films. I, I can't even imagine any uh, musical artist releasing this. But again, it can't just be um, BTS themselves, right? There's um, a company behind them. In addition to music videos and short films, the group is prolific in generating video content. There are videos of practice dances behind the scenes, of them on vacation, of them reacting to their own videos. There are also videos of fans responding to BTS videos. COVID has really probably helped them, honestly, because so many of us are just stuck at home. Everyone is watching more YouTube. YouTube has, you know, uh, reported these numbers. And so when you're sitting at home, you watch one BTS video, YouTube suggests another one for you to watch. So you watch that one. And then the next thing you know, you know, three hours have gone by and all you've done is watch BTS videos. (laughs) Other K-pop groups also have this content. They're not the only ones with the game show. They're not the only ones that do uh, V-Lives. So V-Lives are these live videos where fans can type uh, comments and then they will read some of the, the comments and so forth. And those are also astounding. So BTS is known for doing the V-Lives immediately after award show. So let's say they go to the American Music Awards, presumably before COVID, there would be after parties. But they don't go to the after parties. They go back to their hotel room and they go on V Live and they talk to their fans. Everyone knows this. They do it all the time. They can go on V Live almost unannounced. Immediately, there's a million people watching, and then there's two million, and then there's five million. They were nominated for the Grammys last year. They didn't win. But immediately after, they went on V Live, and I believe they had as many people watching V Live after the Grammys as people that watched the Grammys. <laughs> and all they were doing is sitting around. I, I don't know if they're wearing their pajamas or just hanging out, but it's that kind of intimacy. They were at the UN in September. They went to the UN. They spent the day, I think, at the Met and you know, doing all these official um, kinds of activities. And then the end of that day, they were on V Live talking to their fans. So, you know, just imagine it's as if you have this really close friend who is out doing interesting things all day, but the last thing they do after all that is talk to you. The Grammy event Dr. Cow referred to is the 2021 Grammys. One thing to insert in here is that K-pop and the internet are a pair. Here's Ale Campillo, a Yale University student who writes on K-pop and Korean history, describing how K-pop and the internet developed together in South Korea. South Korea has been ahead of the U.S. in terms of 
using internet. So what this meant was K-pop was able to more quickly get to like things like YouTube and other video services from the mid 2000s. We always think of like K-pop videos, K-pop videos. How did that happen? It's because South Korea's government had invested in an internet. And so those agencies adapted to the internet age like nearly five, 10 years ahead of their American counterparts. Despite the prolific BTS videos, you'd think an obstacle to BTS's popularity would be language. Even if the guys are spending time with you in videos, they're speaking in Korean. And language will be our entree into the relationship between ARMY and BTS. BTS's fan base, ARMY, is critical in how BTS has become such a force worldwide. It's hard to overestimate the effect of people's willingness to devote a lot of hours of labor to this enterprise. So, you know, how is it that a group who mostly sings in Korean and speaks Korean, they don't really speak English. I mean, they're all trying to learn now. How is it that they can make it to so many different countries? So a lot of this relies on free labor of fans of ARMY. So if you think about probably thousands of people that spend time translating things. But just the devotion, you know, has to do with hours of translation and not just in English, right? This is, you know, into Arabic, into Spanish, into French, into German. Boom, that fans do. And they're not getting paid. So I talked about the V Live videos that come out. Well, they're speaking in Korean. Many of their fans don't speak a word of Korean. So you're sitting there and you might not understand what they're saying. Um, v Live is on a platform called Weverse, which is also owned by their company. It now can do these sort of instantaneous translations, but everyone knows that they're terrible. Diehard fans will just watch them for an hour, not understanding a word they say. But to get closer to BTS, they'll take lessons, they'll learn Korean. So there's been a big uptick on college campuses. I can't say that's all BTS. Of course, K-dramas have a lot to do with it. But more and more people are learning Korean right now. And one reason is to get closer to the source material, so to speak. I contacted Eun Yong Won, an associate teaching professor of Korean language at the University of Washington. She describes the jump in Korean language interest among University of Washington students. So currently we have around 250 students taking Korean language courses at the University of Washington. The demand has grown quite a bit since early 2010, especially after the huge hit of Gangnam Style in 2012. Since then, our wait list has been around 300 students hoping to get a spot in the first year Korean class, which is the most in demand. We increased the enrollment limit a few years ago, but the wait list for this beginner's class is still over 150 students. Back to BTS and ARMY. Dr. Kao describes how the relationship can be sensed in the music and videos. If you look at most of the BTS videos from the last five years or so, there are actually almost no women present. The relationship, it centers around BTS and the fans, right? So that's the relationship and BTS with each other. So all the members, even in an imagined music video, it's not like there's a woman or a man of interest that they're chasing around, which would be very typical for a song about romance. So I think that's also very different. 
in a way, they present an idealized kind of clean version of love. And, you know, they always talk about the love of their fans for their fans, the love of the fans for them. Now we'll get into how ARMY supports and promotes BTS. Here's Dr. Cal illustrating how the fan base works for the band. And then the organization, the PR, when uh, members have birthdays, fans used to donate money to give them gifts. They no longer accept gifts. So some fans will organize charity works. So they've paid for hospitals, schools, bridges in the name of a particular member's birthday. They'll rent large public spaces. So for Jungkook's birthday, fans rented screens on every subway system in the country of Korea. to celebrate his birthday. I mean, the scale is kind of unbelievable. Last year for V's birthday, someone rented the surface of the Burj Khalifa, which is the tallest building in the world in Dubai. And that displayed pictures of V and also his music. So they do this all over the world to celebrate people's birthdays. There's also the organization where fans really worked hard to get American DJs interested in them. So I remember seeing a segment where um, a radio station interviewed BTS and the DJ said that they were sent flowers and gifts from the fans, thanking them for having BTS on. So the fans are also promoting them. You know, there's pushes for watching the videos, um, for listening to to songs on Spotify um, to help them get on the charts and so forth. So this is all organized. Fans feel like they're part of a community and part of a community that should help each other. Uh, Fans organize birthday events where they make cup sleeves or other gifts to give out. And again, this is not from the company. This is from the fans. Um, At the concerts, fans make little gifts to exchange with other fans. It's sort of a celebratory kind of uh, kind of event. But it's just um, so much, so much labor Um, on Twitter. A lot of the activity, again, it's the translation work. I can't really overemphasize that. Just imagine a company could not pay for all this. There's no company that could, you know, keep up with this content and translate it. And it it would just be so expensive and time consuming. But fans are ready to go and they do it really quickly. Again, I mean, I think BTS's fans, ARMY is known to be the most devoted and perhaps the most intense <laughs> of the K-pop fandoms out there. BTS and ARMY share a mutual interest in humanitarian causes. Dr. Cao recounts the band and ARMY's mutual action around BTS's support of Black Lives Matter. It is common, like I said, for members' birthdays for fans to organize charitable kinds of um, donations. More recently, the members themselves will donate money to Korean charities on their birthdays. And I noticed that those monetary contributions are always an even number in Korean won. And what was remarkable, I noticed this right away, is when they didn't announce that they were donating the money. They wrote a message in support of Black Lives Matter. It was very simple, just basically it was against racial discrimination of any kind. It was a very simple message, and they wrote it in English and in Korean. And then it was reported separately um, that they and their company donated a million dollars. And I noticed immediately because it's a million dollars. It's an even number in our currency, right? It's not an even number in Korean won. So this was done in support of something that's happening in the U.S. Even though, of course, Black Lives Matter is bigger than the U.S., their support of it was targeting the U.S. market. And also, they have a lot of Black fans. So there's people that will self-identify as Black Army. So fans 
decided they would match the million dollars. And so they used a new hashtag about matching the million dollars that BTS donated. And the fans were able to do that in about 24 hours. And basically people use that hashtag and they would take a photo of a donation they made to one of the verified charitable organizations. And that happened very, very quickly. And there's actually a nice chart that someone from Reuters made for how fast the donations came in. It's quite remarkable. I will say fans do do this kind of often for usually BTS related activities, right? Trying to make sure that people are streaming their songs, watching the videos and so forth. So it's not typical that it's focused on political activities and it's pretty rare for K-pop idols. They're not supposed to speak out for or against anything controversial, but it wasn't just BTS that wrote out in support of Black Lives Matter. They've always been very supportive of, you know, LGBTQ matters as well and saying that people can love anyone they want. In 2021, the most retweeted tweet for the entire year was BTS's hashtag stop Asian hate or stop AAPI hate. Also remarkable, right? They're not Asian Americans, but they talked about how when they go on tour, they've experienced racism. They've experienced, you know, people making fun of them. You know, when they go to other countries, there's always German DJ or Mexican DJ or Chilean newscaster making fun of them. And usually the fans from those countries see it and then they immediately demand an apology and they usually get the apology and it's because it's BTS. But, you know, I'm so grateful as an Asian American that this stuff that people are calling them out on it, because I think this happens to folks all the time, but a lot of us just have to put up with it, right? We don't have millions of people coming to our defense and attacking, but I'm so grateful that ARMY does that because it just brings to the surface issues of racism against Asians and Asian Americans. ARMY is fiercely protective of the BTS members and the band members reciprocate. Dr. Cow tells about an incident ARMY had with James Corden, host of The Late Late Show. I think I had noticed uh, James Corden, you know, Mm -hmm. had been criticized because that the demographic of BTS army uh was young girls and yeah that- he said 15 year old girls and then army fought back army got very mad because he presented himself as someone very close to them when they were on the show you know he referred to himself somehow it, there was a whole skit where he was papa mochi and you know jimin was baby mochi and he put papa mochi in his little tagline on twitter and so people thought they, he was using them to get a lot of attention, but then he also made fun of the fans. And and so again, fans were so grateful because as soon as BTS went back, the very first time they were back, the first thing that RM said was he called him out on it. He said, oh, I hear you're in hot water with ARMY. Are we all well and good? You know, it's so good to be back. We're very well. It's throat to But James, how about you? You've been some in some hot water with armies. Are you all right? <laughs> Is that all right, James? Are you okay? <laughs> oh. So, we, we, um, we said that it, we thought that we, we did two jokes, which I didn't think were in any way offensive to anybody, <laughs> where we said that we thought it was unusual that you were kicking off the, uh, 
the UN summit with a performance, and we said, and this was this was where I think it was wrong. We said that your fans were 15-year-old girls, which of course isn't true because I'm 43 years old and I consider myself to be one of <laughs> the biggest BDS BTS fans. You know, James Corden tried to explain it away, but didn't quite apologize. And then RM said, "We accept your apology." <laughs> I don't know, the, the prospect of doing anything that may have upset them was, I, I didn't enjoy that feeling, and I hope they know that we would never do anything Jones, that would upset them. Jones, it's all right. We appreciate your apology. Ah, it wasn't! <laughs> There's just one to put in the air. One to put in the air. And so the fans really cheered it, because you feel like, okay, you have to protect them, but somehow they're also watching out for the fans. Dr. Cow starts off a series of reflections on why they attract loyal fans. It's just so different from how I think successful people in any industry present themselves, right? You're supposed to present yourself as confident, as skilled, that it was meant for you to be successful. And they never present themselves that way. They present themselves as just, it was an accident right timing, but they don't know why they're there either. And there's so many people that are better dancers and singers. And I think they mean that, actually. I don't think that's a fake kind of um, humility. Here's Mojgan Sami, an army who attended the Los Angeles concert last winter at SoFi Stadium. I think that this last two years has been fraught with a lot of anti-Asian hate. And I think people that don't understand American history don't understand that this has been ongoing since the 1800s. It's not new. So our Asian brothers and sisters in the community have had acts of discrimination for generations, but it became so pronounced in this pandemic that I think finally everyone was able to witness something that hasn't been in general knowledge for the majority of the people in the United States. And to see a fan base that's so diverse, loving the Koreans that are on stage, loving them when they spoke broken English, loving them when they spoke Korean was so powerful. As we were waiting for the concert to happen, because it took a few hours to get in, they were like, would you like some water? We saw you didn't bring anything or, you know, your throat's going to get sore because we're going to scream a lot. Why don't you take these lozenges now? I'm like, oh my, everybody was taking care of each other. And I'm like, what other fan base has so much camaraderie and love? And like, I I've never seen that before. I don't even see that in my neighborhood, let alone <laughs> in a concert with 70,000 people. They've generated and created a fan base that is just as loving as they are. Neither the fans nor them put up with any kind of violence or any kind of bad behavior. They won't put up with it. And here's a clip of some news footage from CBS News 8 TV station covering the current BTS concerts in Las Vegas. And many say this means more to them than just music. Quite literally, I would say they saved my life. Their music saved my life. Opening up to share the times BTS songs have brought them back from their darkest moments. I found them um, right after I had a try to um, take my life. And when I found them, everything was brighter. A comment I hear repeatedly from fans is how BTS has been there for them in the hardest times of their life. Examples of some of their lyrics are Please You Stay Alive from the song Stay Alive and Tell Them You're Strong, Tell Them You're Enough in the song 21st Century Girls. 
also Don't Disappear Because You're a Great Existence, off of the song Microcosmos. RM, BTS's leader, sums up what makes BTS special. Here are excerpts of a V-Live from last week in Las Vegas, right after the first of a series of concerts to end this Saturday. BTS was nominated for a Grammy. He spoke within a week of the group's performance at the Grammys. I think many people misunderstand. The point is that BTS is just not a, about the seven boys. Now it's a, it's a, it's a great, I don't want to say great, um, it's, a, it's a huge wave. And what they ignore is the existence of the army. Different races, different genders, so many kinds of people are really meaningfully involved in this name of BTS. I just want people to know that. We may um, not as great as the self-made artists or um, anyone else, but we got something special too. We got something different than others, I think. The most important point is that um, the army and the people who truly support us and, you know, not just supporting, um, being together with us. So I guess BTS in 2022 is really complicated and sophisticated. So when you like say the name of BTS, it's not just about the seven boys. It includes the industry, um, maybe the Korean thing, um, maybe Asian, and mostly the armies. It's not just one way. And see what we call it is mutual. It's something, you know, it came it comes from the heart. It's about sharing hearts and the sharing souls. We call this inyan in Korea. We, I don't know what to call this in English, but we became something, you know. Relationship. And I think that's everything. Life is about um, unfair, a lot of unluck, the dramas, happiness, and the joy is really short. But, you know, we met each other, so we're making something great. I think that's all I want to say. Bye, guys. I'm off to the bed. And I love you. BTS is in Las Vegas now readying for their third of four sold-out concerts this evening. The group will perform live for well over 250,000 people over the course of four days. They also offer tickets for a simulcast of the concert at another Las Vegas stadium and live streaming concert tickets for people to watch from home. For KBCS, this is Yuko Kodama. Special thanks to Sam Sullivan for help with the story. Mm. 어서와 방탄은 처음이지? Hey, yo, ladies and gentlemen,
For more KBCS stories and to support our work with a donation, you can visit kbcs.fm.